Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're in the book of 2 Thessalonians and focusing on some important truths about when Jesus comes again. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Well, good morning, Everyday Truth team. Appreciate you uh, uh, tuning in today, as always, looking forward to our time together in the book of 2 Thessalonians. We just started that last episode. I've got my uh, Minnesota mug today in honor of my dear friends, the Budkeys. And uh, let me see, did the Budkeys give me this? I'm not sure. I think maybe Ken and Kara Van Epps gave me this mug, but whoever did, they're my Minnesota friends, and I love my mug, so thank you for that. We are in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1, because yesterday we didn't cover one verse of the Bible. I'm sorry about that, uh, but we did cover some background information. So let's dive into this short little book, 2 Thessalonians chapter number 1, and to look, if you would, at verse number one. The Bible says, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So I think you know this, that when the Bible the Bible is in different genres. You know that. So uh, the genre that we're looking at right now is the genre of the epistles. Epistle means letter. And the epistles are highly doctrinal. They're, they're power-packed with truth. Uh, they are really the codification of uh, the, the truth of Christ that's revealed in the Gospels. And, <coughs> excuse me, got a little scratch in my throat. I feel fine, but I got, I got a little scratch. But uh, when you study the epistles, it's important that we always identify uh, these two elements first. And that is, number one, author, who is writing, and number two, audience. Understanding that while all the Bible is written for us, not all the Bible is written to us. And in order for us to understand truth most effectively, we ought to understand original author, original audience. We can understand the time frame and the reasons. And we talked a little bit about that last episode, didn't we? Why is Paul writing and to whom is he writing and what's the condition under which he's writing and all of that. So here, as far as author is concerned, it is Paul. But Paul is not speaking just for himself. He, he is speaking for himself on the behalf of his other ministry partners, now, who are they? Well, the Bible says here, Silvanus and Timothy. So who are Silvanus? Sometimes we call him Silas in the Bible, and Timothy. Well, Silas was a believer from Jerusalem, remember? Uh, he was part of the Jerusalem church, the, the Jerusalem council. He was part of the, the, the team of people that were kind of getting out the message about the second Jerusalem council. Uh, the, the Gentile and Jew uh, believers are one body in Christ, but they need to learn to honor uh, their differences. And remember that whole thing. Well, Silas ended up joining Paul on the second missionary journey when Paul and Barnabas couldn't get along. That's always such a puzzling passage to me there at the end of Acts chapter 15, how that uh, 
The dissension between Paul and Barnabas was so sharp. I mean, it was just ugly. Barnabas so desperately wanted to give his nephew, John Mark, who had quit on the first missionary journey, wanted to give him a second chance. And Paul, I think more of a prophet mentality, said, no, no, that the guy, he's a quitter, one and done. Uh, I don't want him. He's a turncoat. I don't have any time for him. And what happened is Barnabas and John Mark went one way and Paul and Silas went the other way. Now, who was right? They were both right. Who was wrong? And they were both wrong. It doesn't always have to be a right or wrong thing. I would say this. I would say that if you were to talk to either one of them uh, afterward, they, they both probably would have admitted a, 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 somewhat of a culpability in the situation. I do know this. Uh, I don't know. We don't have any record of what Barnabas may have said uh, after the event, but we know that Paul said to uh, Timothy, at the end of his life, Paul said, hey, Timothy, um, bring Mark with you. Now, this is the last request that Paul is ever making in his public ministry. Bring Mark with you. He's profitable to me for the ministry. And even before that, four, four years before that, five years before that, when Paul was in the first Roman imprisonment, Mark was there with him. Remember, Paul wrote the Colossians uh, that one of the prison epistles, and he mentioned in Colossians chapter 4, Mark is with me. And so that thing got patched up. And I think Paul did see that, yes, people fail, and yes, people um, deserve to suffer the consequences of perhaps some, some bad decisions, but people also are afforded second chances and grace. And God used Mark not only to benefit many others, he's a writer of a gospel, right, Mark, but also to benefit Paul himself. And I just felt like that was important to mention. So Silas, though, became the partner of Paul, maybe not so much as a protege, not so much like as a Timothy or as a Titus or as a, uh, you know, a younger man in the faith, but I think Sylvanus came alongside Paul as more of a colleague, uh, a partner, a representative, one that was representing the, the truth and the doctrine, confirming churches, solidifying the theology of these fledgling Christians. So Paul and Silas set out. And then, as I said last episode, Timothy joins them. I didn't say much about this last episode, but who's Timothy? Timothy was a young man. He was from Lystra. The Bible tells us very little about him, but we do know that his mother, Eunice, was a believer. We do know that his grandmother, Lois, was a believer. We do know that Timothy learned the scriptures from his mother and grandma from the time he was just a little boy. We do know as well that his father was a Greek. So Timothy was from a split spiritual home. His dad permitted him to be raised in the Jewish faith insofar that he received theology, but he did not allow his son to identify with the Jewish faith because he was uncircumcised. So 
Uh, there's a lot going on in Timothy's life, and perhaps his lack of a strong spiritual father growing up contributed to his lifelong besetting sin of being a little bit insecure. But be that as it may, Paul saw in Timothy great promise. And the Bible specifically says in Acts 16, him, Timothy, would Paul take with them. So Paul made a specific decision. I want that young man. I recognize in that young man something, uh, the call of God, uh, a, a passion for the Lord. And I, I wonder if, if somebody sees that in you. Maybe you're a young man listening to this podcast. Uh, maybe you're just starting out in faith. But do others see in you a just an affinity for the things of God, uh, a, a natural desire to serve God with your life? Because the Bible says that Paul and the elders of that city laid their hands on him and they ordained him to ministry. Read about that in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6 when the Apostle Paul refers back to it. And the point here is that Timothy, uh, several people recognized what was God was doing in Timothy's life. Uh, obviously, I think Timothy himself recognized it, but Paul recognized it. Silvanus recognized it. Uh, the elders of the church recognized it. Uh, his mom and grandma recognized it. There was something about him. So from that point on in the second missionary journey, Paul and Silas and Timothy traveled together. By the time they got to Troas, Luke joined them. You say, well, Kurt, how do you know that? Well, when you look at study the book of Acts, you'll see that the pronoun changes in Acts chapter 16 at Troas. Up until that point, Luke had referred to they did this and they did that. But then in Acts 16, it's we did this and we went there. So uh, we, by implication, understand that Luke joined them there in Acts chapter 16. And by the way, for the same reason, we know that Luke stayed back for a time in Philippi and it was Timothy and Silas and Paul that went on to Thessalonica, which I think is a big reason why Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus are the ones referenced at the beginning of this letter because they are the leaders whom the church at Thessalonica knew. There was accountability there. They knew the love they had for them. They knew their teaching. They knew their character. Uh, they didn't question them. Uh, they, they cared about what they said because they knew that they cared about them. Boy, relational leadership is just so important, isn't it? So Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, every church finds its foundation in its relationship with God. So what is a church? A church is a called out assembly of believers. But what, what, they're called out from what? Called out from this world called out unto the purpose, of, called out to assemble in Jesus' name uh, for the glory of God. And so a church finds its relationship and its vertical commonality in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, and therefore in its horizontal connection because they're brothers and sisters in Christ. And then verse number two, Paul says, grace unto you and peace. And that was a standard greeting in those days, but there's nothing standard about those words theologically. Grace is God's unmerited favor. 
which will give me both a desire and an ability to do God's will. And peace is that disposition of heart that can rule me on the inside when the circumstances and situations and opponents on the outside would argue against that peace. It comes from the Lord. And peace in the Bible always follows grace. Why? Because it's by God's grace that we have peace. And so grace and peace. How? From God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm just a pastor. I can't give people grace. I'm just a dad. I can't give people peace. But I can point people to God who gives grace. I can point people to Jesus who gives peace. And that's what Paul is doing here. He's pointing right here at the beginning of the letter to God and to all that God can do and will do uh, by, uh, by, by Paul's desire that God will do in the lives of these whom he loves, the church at Thessalonica. Well, that's all we, the time we have for today. We'll uh, come back to this, uh, uh, this passage again next episode. Start with verse number three. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day in the Lord. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.